Welcome back to the Am Sam Radio, the podcast for creatives. It's Flobo Boys, the mayor of the city of Amsterdam. And just want to check in with everyone as we head into the holiday season. You know, if you guys are working on a winter project, let me know. Follow the show at New Amsterdam. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam on Instagram and at new underscore Amsterdam on Twitter. Today's episode is a very special one. Uh, one Grant Liller is a musician, and he's making music waves in the very start of his budding career. I actually met Grant through another love of ours, Rocket League, the video game, the eSport. And we talked a little bit about that in our talk this week. And it's just kind of funny how people come together in, in certain ways, in certain cross-sections, in certain communities, how we could be bounded together by one thing, but live two different paths. And it's cool to see what Grant's doing on his path to taking EDM music by storm. So please enjoy our interview with Grant Liller. And if you like what I'm putting down, please support the show over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Voice. I say it's the Boisterous Crew, even though I dislike puns. That's the way people remember. Boisterous Crew at patreon.com slash Voice. Unlock videos of these interviews here in New Amsterdam Radio. But without further ado, my talk with Grant Liller. Uh, I'll keep it out of frame. <laughs> Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio. Of course, it's Flobo Boys. This is the podcast for creatives. And here I am in the mayor's office with somebody who I think is unique with a capital U, a lover of life, even when times when life doesn't love him back, but he makes it happen with his music. Mr. Grant Liller, how you doing, sir? I'm doing so well. Thank you for that introduction, by the way. That's been... Oh, was it all right? Whoa, that, <laughs> it was very all right. I appreciate yeah. it. And I'm glad to be here on your show. Man, you know, I, I like the fact that you are a doer because we didn't even meet in the music space. We met in a whole different thing altogether uh, in the esport world. But besides that, you are a musician, a craftsperson. And the reason why we're here today is that you have a brand new single. Tell me about it. Yeah, so basically, it's a, it's a long story how it all came to fruition and whatnot. I got but... time, I got coffee. Right? <laughs> we got coffee. <laughs> we got the coffee. There, you heard it here first. <laughs> but no, so it all started. So I have this song called Ultraviolet, and the crazy story behind it is a story of potential plagiarism, but in reality, it wasn't. So it all starts when my little brother comes to me with his own EP, and he was like, hey, uh, this is what I have. And I was like, do you want me to mix and master it? He was like, yes. So I did that. And I found this song called Ultraviolet. It had the title and everything. I was like, wow, this is really good. I was like, Blake, Blake, can I use this? <laughs> and he was like, sure. And I was like, well, okay then. So what it was made on is an app called Oxy. I'm, I'm sad I'm not wearing the shirt. I should have put that shirt on. But Oxy is this <laughs> awesome, awesome mobile phone app. And it, oh, it's so good. I could talk for hours about it. But um, yeah. basically... There was a demo project called Ultraviolet that Oxy published. Now, my little brother forgot about this, so when he gave me the song, he had no remembrance of the demo project. So he comes up to me the day before release. I'm telling him about being on your podcast and where I'm going to promote the song. And he goes, Ultraviolet might be copyrighted. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, what? And he sets his phone down and says, click on that song. It's called Ultraviolet. And I was like, uh... And it's like dead on. And I'm like, how is this possible? I'm freaking out. But yeah. it was so scary. And I was like, oh man, I don't know what to do. 
but we're here now. And how did we get here? Well, it was a lot of research finding the actual original artist, going back in Oxy's history and finding the original link that allowed you to download the demo project. And I found the artist on SoundCloud, which I sent to you, and I'm sure you heard the song. Oh, but yeah. I got in contact with him eventually after bugging him and bugging him. And he said, sure, like you can use my song to remix it. And I was like, yes, oh, hallelujah. Sweet. So we are here now. <laughs> I'm glad it worked out. So I, I listened to both versions of it. And, you know, I'm, I play EDM music as a wedding DJ and I, my day job life. But what really goes into the process of turning to a remix? Like, are you trying to, is it something to speak to you and you say, oh, I have a direction? Or do you say, hey, look, this song needs some ja Grant Little jazz. I'm going to jazz it up as much as I can. Like, what's your process when it comes to that? Yeah, so the process is all about flow, especially in EDM, you have the ability to control what the audience feels the entire time. So when I heard my little brother's version at the time, it felt like so rushed. It was only like a minute or two minutes and 15 seconds. And I was like, ah, just I, I don't like this. It's too fast. It goes through everything way too quickly. And so I my first thought was to extend it. So I took the original melody, which is like all filled in. It's the one you hear before the drop, the last like when all the notes are there. And that's the original melody. And I just broke it up, took a couple notes out in the spots that I wanted to, and I backed it up all the way into the intro. And the intro is just that droning sound that, and then it yeah. builds, there's effects and whatnot. And then it's like piano swells in and boom, it's here. And then we have the melody, do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. And then for the rest of the time, we build upon that. And that's basically how we extend it. And then I just yeah. did a couple other things, took some things out, um, and then slapped it into Ableton where I added some more stuff. And eventually you get a song after all that. You say it so fluently. I've tried doing music. I'm like, I'll just play someone. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you know, I, I drop whack rhymes. I can't do whack beats too. But uh, you, so you're saying you're from a family of musicians? Is that is this, that yeah. true? Is that fair to say? Yeah. And uh, how was that like instilled as a kid? Did you like? Are you classically trained? Did you go to piano <laughs> lessons, or was it kind of like, look, ma, you don't know me. I love guitar now. Like how like, how did you get into music? as a younger kid. Yeah, so my mom played violin when she was younger. My dad played oh. guitar, although he refuses to admit it. He's also a great singer, also refuses to admit that, but he'll do it around the house. Dads um, have the opposite problem usually. Usually they can't <laughs> sing, and they try to say that they can, but. Yeah, right. But my mom also sings. She actually, I believe it was, tw it's 20 years now that she's sung for our church. So round of applause to her there, but. Whoa, um, yeah, so my older brother got into production uh, like a few years ago, maybe five now, you know, time flies. <laughs> so yeah. he got into production and it's like why I have most of my equipment, like this keyboard down here, which I think I can just pan down and show this Ooh. launch key, this MIDI controller. That's from him. He was just, he was just like, Hey, you want this? And I was like, sure. So I hopped into production. Are you a Yamaha guy? Is it a Casio? I'm just curious. Uh, so it's Novation. But I do oh. have a Yamaha piano over there. Room tour. Behind me, you have a drum set over there. That was my graduation gift right there. So it's oh, a nice. Yamaha Motif ES8, 88 key piano. Retails for two grand, but our friends uh, gave it to us for a much, much lower price. That you was very affordable. Yeah, we know a guy. So, <laughs> Don't but, worry about it. <laughs> but going to your question, um, you know, I wasn't really into music all that much, but when I did go to church, there was this guy, his name was Patrick, and he was always on guitar, and I just marveled at the way he was able to play on that thing, so fluid, yeah. so energetic, and I was like, I want to learn guitar. 
So I tried and I took lessons from him actually. And that was just like, oh my gosh, my idol. But <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was just something that kind of fell off. Cause I just wasn't, I wasn't enjoying guitar. Um, sure. But you know, I'm not classically trained in any instrument. I know how I just figure things out as I go. Um, I did join percussion in my seventh year of high school or high school my goodness seventh grade what yeah seventh so yeah i, I was held back three times though no. i had no idea <laughs> yeah, so, else. yeah so the segue here is it starts in sixth grade i was looking up to my best friends at the time they're triplets funny enough and that'll also get funnier as we keep going but um i wanted to be in band class with them so i joined the next year i made that commitment to myself and ended up getting into percussion then that sparked a five-year journey of just drums and there's drums there there's drum pads back there and many sticks that you can't see but they are there i can confirm so um when i get into high school around my sophomore year i joined drumline and i meet these twins that's why triplets is funny because i went from twins or triplets to twins and now we're gonna go to quads i don't know but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah right so yeah um sophomore year joined drumline and I went from being, there was an eight person snare line and I played snare. So I was on the outside, which basically means I was one of the worst. But by the winter season, this was my first season, by the winter time, as it came four months later, I was top four and I was on the winter line. So that was just like, that's one of my proudest accomplishments, just doing yeah. that. So, you know, my parents, I actually, funny enough, wanted to quit after my freshman year. I was like, this is way too much work. I, I can't handle this, but I stuck with it. And that's where my parents influence come in. Like you were asking, they're like, no, just stick with it. See how you like it. Ended up doing it all four years. And that's just kind of how that happened, how I got into music. Yeah, that's that's cool. Because, you know, you and my parents are like, oh, you want to quit? All right, quit. Like, <laughs> like, that negative encouragement, you're like, fine, I will quit. Uh, you know, I was what? actually, yeah, exactly. I was checking out your YouTube uh, bio about your music. And you have this uh, in your bio. And I was like, quote, I write words for the people who can't write themselves. My older brother told me once that I have the ability to do what he couldn't do with his music, and that was being able to write passionately and honestly in ways he admitted he could never do. I wanted to break all the rules and create something to challenge and create new standards for music artists. What are these rules you're challenging? How do you stick out, Aaron? I'm so glad you brought up that whole story because, I mean, like I said, he gave me this MIDI controller and a couple other things. But, you know, it's a very good question. You know, what do I want to do in terms of breaking the rules? Well, first of all, it's the pop chord progression, the one, six, four, five. I'm not going to go into music theory. If you know, you know. But yeah. the one, six, four, five, the infamous four chords that are in all pop songs. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> my first release ended up being one of those progressions using some order of those four chords. I don't remember off the top of my head, but right. I was like, ah, oh, no, but it sounds good. And that's what yeah. makes a lot of pop music. <laughs> right. So kind of kind of failing there. But then the other thing is just what do I'm, what am I doing in production in terms of effects, you know, reverb. The, the thing I wanted to do in my first release was, you know, make it spacey. And now it is a rookie mistake to use so much reverb and kind of like drench out your stereo field, but there's just something about it. When I went back and listened to it months later after I released it, I was like, hey, this isn't half bad. And oh man, it was, <laughs> I was like, that like sounds good. It, it kind of goes against typical standards. Like you're not supposed to use that much reverb, but you do it anyway and you get yeah. something you like and I'm proud of. So right. I just kind of put it out there, but I, it's, it, sorry to go, to go back on what I was saying with the four chords. 
my goal is to never use those four chords again. Never again. <laughs> not in that not in that order. I could use them maybe at a particular time of the song, but not for the entire song. Oh, I hate them. It's funny how like it becomes a weird sense of motivation. Like when I as a girl as a kid, I did not like westerns. And I grew up in Brooklyn. Like this, the westerns <laughs> that made no sense to me. But my first novel was a western. And I didn't know why or how that was. And I think it's kind of like this like theory or like this this drive for creatives to go, okay, this is why it's wrong. You go in this like idea of your own theory. You come up with your own version of it. This is Flo Beto's version of a western. And this is Grant's version of a pop chord, a pop chord compressor song. So yeah, props to that, man. I think people starting out in their own creative journey could probably take that and go, hey, look, it's cool to in your own mind remix before you remix <laughs> your own theory your own stamp on something you think is tried or wrote or, or something along those lines but if you can i have to ask about this first release you know can we go back so it is way different than ultraviolet uh it's a oh, lot yeah. personal there's actually a video to this effect on on one of your youtube channels uh i don't know you can go as deep as you want as the story behind it but like what is your overall feel you're trying to achieve and how does that differ from this new release yeah, so uh, going to the release that came out just today, um, that's like more the music I want to make, but I wanted to get my music journey started as soon as I could. So I kind of started where I felt honest and I was just putting something out there that I really wanted to. Now, I don't have near enough time to go into the details of the story sure. uh, here, but if you guys would like to check it out, it is on my YouTube page and it is Grant Liller. Hey, it's, it's what? It's right. No, oh, this is all flipped. It's right there. That's the one. <laughs> there it is. That's it's right here. <laughs> yeah. So if you look that up on YouTube, you can find the breakdown session. There's a timestamp in the beginning of the table of contents. You can go check out the story. But, you know, the emotion I wanted to convey is just like, it's it's okay, really, to to feel the way that you feel. A lot of people are kind of isolated and I've dealt with depression a lot in the past and I would just isolate myself in my room. It's because I just don't want to talk to people anymore. It's I need so much time to myself, but that gets really lonely. But one of the artists, especially that really helped me through that time is an artist by the name of Jacob Collier. And his, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, his music is, oh my gosh, out of this world, literally. Like I can't, I can't even explain it. You just have to go listen. But it was so comforting to me. And there's a song called Moon River, and because of the time period that I listened to Moon River, those were the memories attached. And it was actually during the time I was going through the story of Can We Go Back. And right. it was just I wanted to somehow evoke emotion. And the challenge that comes with that is like I know the story, and it's up to me to tell that story through the song. I know why I'm crying tears when I listen to the song, but Sure. I need to tell the audience how, like, what's the story? Why, why should you feel the way that I'm trying to get you to feel? And I actually got a DM from somebody in Discord listening to my song. And oh my gosh, I, I got to read it, obviously anonymously. But oh, it, it was the greatest thing I've ever, like, heard in my short little career here. But right. um he said, bro, the song, uh, hang on. It starts right about here. Yeah. He said, bro, the song you have there already effing hits home. Can we go back? Effing hits hard, dude. I said, thanks yeah. so much. He said, yeah, I listened and instantly thought of my brother and his brother actually passed away four years ago. And I was okay. like, that's so, it's so weird because the song's not about a family relationship. It's about a relationship that I wasn't able to get, but I was so proud in that moment that my song was so neutral but also specific at the same time where somebody could relate to it on a totally different subject matter and it was just like 
this is why I pursued music. It's the yeah. very beginning. I told myself that I, music can change people. It can affect people. It can connect people like nothing else in this world can. And sure. that's why I started. And to hear that from somebody, man, it just, it does crazy things. I don't know. Must warm the heart. There's a lot of things you can evoke from that song, Cam, and go back. And if you haven't heard the song, I suggest you guys check it out or, or on YouTube or, or wherever you get your stream your music. But the reason why I want to bring up that song is... Uh, about this this triggering term perhaps with the word emotional in that video about that song release you say quote you can't label a song as emotional and the reason for that is the listener makes their own story for it and quote i don't know man people have saying things like emo people like saying emotional music i don't know why, why is that an ignorant term or do you use that in that way yeah, so it's uh, actually one of my friends brought that up and I was like, he's got a point. You see a lot of YouTube tutorial videos that are like how to make emotional music. And it's just like, that's so, no, you can't, you can't just make emotional music. You, it's all about how the listener perceives your message and what time in their life they listen to it. It's the same reason you could go back and listen to a song in a dark time in your life and then all the memories come back. Or maybe it's a happy time, the summertime. You're like, oh man, that song comes on the radio and you're like, this is from the summer, dude. You remember that? Yeah, I remember that. But when you talk emotional, typically what they mean is sad. Now, I guess you could say how to make a sad song, but and you could just make it like real quiet, soft on the piano, maybe a major key or a minor key, but then like that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I don't think you can just say, hey, this is emotional and why it's emotional to me is gonna be the same reason it's emotional to you. And like I talked about earlier, you, the same reason you shed a tear may not be the same reason somebody else sheds a tear as shown by the DM that I received. So that, that's my thought point. on it. That's on point. Yo, Craig, let me ask you a question, man. What do you do for fun? It, it, I mean, you seem like you're this genius on the top of this mountain thinking of ways to change the music game, but what do you do to, de to decompress, to unwind? Do you get a massage? Are you a massage guy? Long walk to the beach? What's your thing? Yeah, I mean, I do get massages, but that's like once a month. No, in my free, in my free time, um, mostly I'm sitting here. I'm always in my room, and whether I'm bouncing back between music or not, like I have, like I said, a drum set. This is flipped again. We're going to get used to it one day. Drums, <laughs> drums, piano over there, my studio here. But in my free time, it's mostly casting with you sometimes and hey. Rocket League, uh, for those yeah. who don't know, we're both esports broadcasters and that's how we ended up meeting. So that's that's yeah. most of my free time is sitting here doing that. But I do like to get out of the house and go hang out with friends and whatever that means, as long as I'm out of my house, I'm okay with it, especially in this time with coronavirus and everything. But. Yeah, I, I, I would say Rocket League saved my life. I'm a huge fan of the game, I'm an advocate yeah. for the game. I'll put anyone on there. Uh, I don't like to use the big D word because it wasn't clinically diagnosed, but there was a dark period of my life, and Rocket League saved me out of that just to, because for five minutes you can't think about anything else but your car and why <laughs> I suck and why can't I get good and how come I'm not platinum after two years of having a game. I'm not triggered. You are. Uh, <laughs> oh my. Hey, but you made a team. You made a team. I did. I actually made a team as a reserve that basically I, I crapped the bed the last three games of my series. Okay, anyway, um, moving on. You know, you, you're very young. I mean, you're younger than me and without disclosing ages and all that, not that it matters. Uh, but you, I think music is your path, if I can be so bold. Why is music the path over everything else, it seems, at least from this outside perspective? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So back in my junior year of high school, I was debating between going into chiropractics or music. And I remember specifically when I would go to music and sound production class, that would always be a thought in my mind. Like every time before I was about to enter the door and like, I was just chiropractics or music. And it comes down, you know, my junior year, I was taking music theory with those twins that I mentioned before. We did everything together. That's how we got into production. We started on our phones on, on Oxy and we just kind of went from there. But my senior year, after they graduated, I was walking down the hall. This is kind of the time that I was going through that dark period around, you know, winter of last year, 2019. And there was a song that I made it was just instrumental, but it had like a vocal melody and I wrote out lyrics. So I had that in my head. And every time I heard the melody, I was just like, this is what's being said. And because of what that meant to me. And at the time, it's a song called If I Left and I probably will release it. But there's a part when all the music is going, all the instruments are here and everything just drops out to a guitar. That's just yeah. kind of going back and forth between new notes and or two notes and keeps going. And I was on my way to English class. This, this was like the first time I listened to it all the way through. And when that part hit, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I got chills, dude. It was crazy. Yeah. And I started crying before English class. Like I walked yeah. to my seat. People thought like I was probably just like someone. I really love Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I really love Shakespeare. But yeah. that was the moment I decided that music is just so much more powerful than anything else. It, it can do things that nothing else can. And that's why I was like at that moment. It's music, and that's where I'm going. Are you uh, a session musician? Do you envision yourself being in front of crowds and getting that grand, grand, grand? Or are you kind of like a intimate club venue guy? You're just in your studio. Like, how do you see your career blossoming? I think um, I am kind of that session guy, going out to you know perform on big stages. That's kind of a goal of mine, but you know it's obviously very far away. You know that's years in the future. It takes a while to right. get there, but I would love to perform on a stage someday. But you know, when you talk about, you know, maybe club DJing, that's something I can do, kind of being social in a smaller environment. And then when I'm in my studio at home, it's like, I don't really like to be alone in the studio. I like to bring in friends, people who are also musically gifted and talented, other producers. And I like to get them here instead of always being here by myself. If I can get people into my house or I can get out of my house. Those are the right. two top priorities, like I said, <laughs> because it's coronavirus, we're sick of quarantine, so. Right. Uh, do you have a dream venue? A dream venue? Like, a, oh man, I just see myself on stage here. Yeah. Um, uh, what's it called? EDC, EDC Las Vegas. That okay. is a huge goal of mine. Uh, the big, hairy, audacious goal, though, is Tomorrowland, but that's on another continent. So yeah, we'll just <laughs> yeah. Right. So we'll stick. We'll stick to the United States. EDC is a huge goal. I was in Vegas the weekend of EDC. I was grumpy. Like, why are hotels so expensive? But uh, there were just so many people out there and so many neons and so many costumes. I was just blown away. I feel like there's an old man. I was like, these kids in their, in their wings. Okay. So uh, we actually uh, reached out to our network uh, to submit questions uh, for you. And I have one here where I thought was pretty awesome because you are in the beginning stages of your epic journey. It says... Um, you, Grant, as someone who self-published their music, any tips for those who are considering releasing their own? 
Yeah, I, I would just say go for it, really. That's that's the main thing is anything you want to do, just do it. It's why, I mean, I'm not wearing Nike. There, there's no Puma here. I don't know what you're talking about, but their <laughs> slogan is just do it. You can't even sell outright, Grant. No. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, just just do it. A great uh, The distributor I use is DistroKid, and you've probably heard that a million times, but it really is the best. You earn 100% of your royalties, but I say just do it, but before you release it, make sure it's as close to your definition of perfect as possible, and you will never experience disappointment. Don't, I mean, obviously compare your track to pop songs or what other similar genres and how they're mixed and mastered. Look up tutorials and whatnot, get it real ready and stuff. Compare it, but don't be like, oh, it's so much better than mine. I don't wanna post it, I'll just get it out there, whatever. Oh, it's yeah. not performing well, what's up with that? Well, put some time into it. It takes a long time to get those processes started and going and finished so uh, that's really my tips uh, and uh our last one here is what is your guilty pleasure uh music artist guilty pleasure as a music artist oh my gosh <sighs> that is a see i've never ever thought about guilty pleasures before never i don't I know mine mine is Go french montana because I love his music, but I can't defend him in any kind of rap battle. I can't be like, oh, he's sick, bro. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, okay. So, I mean, in terms of music, I guess like some artists that I listen to that are kind of like unconventional to my music tastes. Um, I thought Juice World was pretty talented. Post okay, Malone yeah. as well. I don't really listen to them all that often, but I do appreciate the stuff that they're doing for the industry. Um, you know, Post Malone kind of singing instead of rapping like I, i'm not really into rap at all or hip-hop in any yeah. way shape or form but when it's more right. musical side that's when i'm really into it and so post malone and juice world are artists that did that really well in my opinion so if that's a guilty okay. pleasure that's as close as i think i could get <laughs> i mean it's cool I, I guess if your friends are like you listen to post malone oh my goodness i guess that'd be guilty <laughs> pleasure by like association yeah. yeah well everybody listens to that kind of stuff these days and i'm i'm kind of the outcast so they're like oh you listen to post what's up and yeah i'm like so, well so what's, what's your vibe then i gotta ask you the cliche question what what <laughs> is a grant little approved artist you're like oh this guy is dead um besides Collier, yeah. besides Collier, obviously. Yeah, Jacob Collier. Oh. Yeah. He is on another level, another planet, another universe. It's it's crazy. <laughs> and that's like the goal of especially his last release. We can talk about that all day. But no, um, in terms of EDM, which is my main genre of choice, there's a lot of artists out there. If you have good sound design, like it is just really different and intriguing. It's like, how did a human program that? In computer software, that catches my ear. Our prime examples, Stonebank, Riot. Um, oh, what's the, I can't even think of the third, but Stonebank and Riot are yeah. my just biggest favorites for like the harder side of dubstep, the stuff that's like your grandparents are like, this is what music is nowadays. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the world is ending. But behind, grandma. <laughs> I, I think that that could also be a guilty pleasure just because in the EDM world, especially since we're moving towards pop EDM being kind of one genre, that's kind of also unconventional. So dubstep oh, yeah. and drumstep are huge favorites of mine. Well, there you go, man. Uh, Grant, I wish you the best, man. I know this ultraviolet is going to start to so many, many bigger things for you. If I'm listening right now, if I'm watching this video right now, and I want to stalk you, I want to become your best friend on social, how do I do that as a brand new fan of the Grant Little Project? 
Yeah, so you basically got the same handle for everything. It's Grant Lilla. It's this thing right here, but get rid of the capitals, close the space, and you got my handle for Instagram, Twitter. Facebook is Grant Lilla Music. And if you want to follow me on Twitch, that's also Grant Lilla. Hey, the webcam went out for a second there. I didn't think that was going to happen, but it's this thing right here. Everywhere, if you just look it up and put Twitter or Instagram or whatever social media next to it, you can do so. YouTube, it's all the same. It's just Grant Lillard. That's who I am. So, oh, man, please come back when you have like the the, the nationwide or worldwide tour. I would love to be the guy like, oh, I knew Grant from back in the day. He's gonna pick it up. Uh, this is the way I'm saying radio, the podcast for creatives. Until next time, the city is yours. You know, people always ask me, why do I use this framework? Why do we say New Amsterdam is a city for creatives? Because we're all so different and we all probably occupy different neighborhoods or put our creative efforts in different sections of town, but it's all great. Now I could imagine, I picture one day going to the New Amsterdam club and listening to Grant Lear dropping his dope beats. And this is what it's all about. If you have an idea, a creative spark, this city is for you. I'll be back soon with a brand new episode of New Amsterdam Radio. We're going to take a little break. We're going to sit and chat just you and me about something that's been on my mind uh, over the past couple of weeks. But until next time, as always, this city is yours. <laughs>